and welcome to the Greater Than Podcast. The purpose of this podcast is 1 John 4, 4. You are of God, little children, and have already overcome them, for greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Join us as we have different guests and topics that address what's going on in our world and culture from a biblical perspective to find and remind ourselves that greater is he on the inside of us than he that is in the world. Well, good morning, everyone. How's everyone doing today? Good? Great? Well, first of all, it's uh, great to be here. Uh, this is a place that we honor. Uh, my wife and I, my wife would love to be here as well. It's just a place that it has seen a lot of battles. We've seen a lot of victories come through this place. This is, well, one, there was one random Sunday. I don't know if you remember that we just showed up because we were like driving through and we're like, let's stop at someplace good. And Chick-fil-A was obviously closed. So, uh, you know, it's a Sunday. So we, we stopped by and we were going through uh, a whole bunch of like difficulties as you do in life. Life's just, uh, you know, uh, filled with those uh, problems sometimes. And we sat there in the back, you know, we, we didn't have any word of ministry or anything because so we wanted to receive. And then I remember Pastor William just gave a word that like, it was literally like God telling us to grow up a little bit. Have you ever had that message where it's like, God's not going to baby you or anything. It was more messages like, all right, it's just time to grow up. Like, stop crying and stuff. I'm like, but it hurts, you know. And, it, and we, we left there. And then a few weeks later, we, we saw an answer to prayer that literally, like, changed the direction of our lives. And so uh, a, a place like this, it is, it's an honor to always be here and everything that does happen. Now we met Elijah here. And so it's an honor to truly be here. So I thank the pastors. I thank Elijah. Elijah. Uh, I thank everyone for being here. If you don't know who I am, I'll present myself real quickly. My name is John Romick. I was formerly known as Carolina's husband. I am now known as Amanda's father. Uh, so like, I don't know if that's a promotion or a demotion, but it's a change uh, now. And so we got a baby, which is why my wife is not with us today. Though I know that they're watching online. So uh, hello. Uh, to everyone that is also watching online. Thank you guys for being here. Uh, God gave me uh, kind of like a message uh, that I want to share with you guys today. The, the way it works, I, actually a pastor, I had lunch with him yesterday, and he was asking me, so how do you prepare for messages? And so I, I like sat down, and I was like, how do I prepare for messages? And I don't want like, to sound like I'm winging it. It's just one of those things where I, I've always struggled like with just being excessively structured because even though I'll be structured, then I'll come up and then be like, well, that was fun, but that's not going to be what I'm talking about. So we were just talking, and... And, and I told him, well, not recently, but lately, uh, what I've been doing is, number one, I've just asked God, like, straight up. It's like, okay, I got uh, this opportunity to preach. What do you want me to say? And, and then I start meditating on it, and I start talking. And then, and then the, the conversation shifted. But I, I was reminded of, of a verse or a passage of Scripture in First Samuel chapter 3, and that's probably where we're going to hang out a lot today. And it's about the, the voice of the Lord, and it's about uh, God speaking to our lives. It's about being led by the Spirit, however you want to title it. Uh, to me, it's incredible how it's rare in today's age to hear the following quotes, like, God told me the other day, 
And, well, I heard the voice of the Lord say, and unless you're like in a place like this or you're like at a conference or something and it's like, okay, that's normal. But in the day-to-day life, you're sitting at a Chick-fil-A and then someone hears, well, actually God told me yesterday. That doesn't like compute in today's day and age anymore. And it's so weird because the Holy Spirit lives inside of us. We're still temples of the Holy Spirit. If anything, we're a lot more fit temples. If I mean, if, if that's a word for you, take it, right? But like, it's like... we're in a day and age where, you know, nothing has changed with regards to that. And yet everything's changed. I heard a pastor uh, a few months ago, uh, he was invited to ministering. He he sat down, he's talking about the pastor that we were with. And he's like, you know what I like about this man? Talking about the other pastor is like, he's a man that says like weird random stuff. Like God told me the other day and God spoke to me the other day. And my mind is like, that shouldn't be random or it should be weird. That should be the normal day-to-day life that the Holy Spirit lives inside of us. And he's not. there's no one closer to you than the Holy Spirit. He's the one that you should be hearing the most. And, and so I, I remembered in 1 Samuel chapter 3, and we'll read a few verses just in, uh, to, to kind of like grasp where we're at. But it says, uh, verse 1 of 1 Samuel chapter 3, Now the boy Samuel ministered to the Lord before Eli, and the word of the Lord was rare in those days. There was no widespread revelation. I find it interesting that in the day and age where there was the Ark of the Covenant, where God would speak to, you know, people, he would appear, he would like burn a mountain if he needed to, like part the Red Sea. There there was a whole bunch of stuff that he could do. It was rare for him to move. And I wonder how church looked back in the day where they go into the temple and yet they don't hear from God, that they would they would go into the temple and come out having been there and done that and kind of like just checked it on their social quota, you know, like, you know, I, I visited, I, I sacrificed and, and that's that. And here it says that even it was rare for Eli, the anointed one of God, the voice of God for the moment, for the people to hear from God. And so it says, but Samuel was doing something different. He was ministering unto the Lord. That, that, that word minister is, is he waited on the Lord. It's the word like they, we use today as a waiter. That a good waiter is someone that has his eye on the table. A good waiter is one that knows when you want a refill, right? Like that's, that's the type of waiter I like at the restaurants that I go to is I don't need to be like, you know, oh, my lips are parched. Like, oh, you know, like mistake is over here. I need some water. Like a good waiter already knows and he's refilling and he's putting the cup. He, he's, he's ministering in a sense, the table. He's watching over the table. He's looking, he's, he's putting attention to the table, and that's what Samuel was doing. And I've realized that in the day and age, just like in Samuel's days, where it's rare to hear the voice of the Lord because there's no widespread revelation, those that wait upon the Lord, those that minister the Lord, those that put their attention on these things, they're the ones that end up hearing the voice of God. And, and, and I feel it's a call to action for each and every one of us that are here that, that there is a price to pay for it. That if, if the, the word of God says that 
the, the, the way of the Lord is narrow. And sometimes we think that, you know, the, the, the phrase, well, everyone is doing it, should be, it's common sense or it's common wisdom amongst Christians, but it should be the opposite. You know, like no one is doing it. Well, maybe that's kind of what we should do because narrow is the path. And instead of trying to make the path more widespread so more people can fit, let's just try to do what the, what, what the road says we should do, right? And, and it's paying attention to that tension. It, it's putting your eyes on that tension that God is telling you, I need your attention. I, I need you to actually stop spending your time doing what you do and numbing yourself and actually coming to the Father and paying the price. Uh, I, I, I was on an airplane this morning and if you know me, I like to bother with, like, I like to just play around with these, you know, people in first class and stuff like that. And I wasn't in first class. I, my, my seat was like 35D. And so every time I, every time, like, I walk in, like, I, I confess, you know, I am the head and not the tail, right? Like, I am above and not beneath, y'all. You know, it's like, like, your steak might be good, but my crackers are going to be amazing. Because... Because they're blessed crackers, right? Like, I'll take blessed crackers any day. So anyway, I'm, like, walking and looking at these guys, and they're, like, already making money. Like, they're sitting down. They're already making more money. And it's like, and here I am with, like, my bag. I'm like, don't, don't attack me. Like, as, I, I, as I'm walking back, and I, I've noticed some things is that, you know, people in first class, they get different food. They, they get better food. It, we're all in the same plane, but only the people that pay the price get the food, right? Only the people that have actually paid the extra price, that the made the extra effort, right? Like save the extra miles to be in first class. We're all on the same plane. And sometimes we act like, you know, this is a works mentality, works-based mentality. This has nothing to do with works. We are saved by grace. We're on the same plane. Yeah. But, but, but the good steak, right, the, the, not the crackers, not, not the Sunday morning crackers, the good steak is, is, is paid with a price. And that price is your attention. See, the, the people in the Word of God that actually had a glimpse like John, John had a glimpse of this, and he saw, and he saw Jesus knocking at the door, wanting, fighting for your attention. He's going for your, he, he wants your ears, he wants your eyes, he wants your attention because something that we don't notice is that God is speaking, but it's rare in today's day and age for someone to actually hear what he's saying. And then we go along trying to sell life change, right? Trying to preach about the life-transforming power of a God that we don't know who his voice, what his voice sounds like. And, and this is not an attack. This is this all comes from yesterday when the pastor asked me, like, what do you do? It's like, I asked God. And I'm like, that shouldn't be weird to say that, that God's actually speaking to me because the Holy Spirit lives inside of me and he is our competitive advantage. That, that, we're not, that we are not competing with people with the lights and the sound and the thing and the programs. That's the arm of the flesh. And the word of God says that it's not by power, it's not by might, but it's by my spirit, says the Lord. So if we are not being led by the Spirit, if we're not being motivated by the Spirit, then, then what are we doing? We're trying to achieve a God thing with our arms, with our flesh. And then we're frustrated because our arms can't achieve what God has called us to do because God has called us to do what He wants us to do through the Spirit. So pay attention to the tension. Pay the price. There's a... There's a a tribe in Thailand that I, I read about uh, years ago. It's called the Moken tribe. And, 
It's something that's very interesting about this tribe is um, they're one of the few tribes whenever the tsunami hit back in 2016, I think it was, or 15, uh, in Thailand. It, the, this tribe is known as a, it's like a sea nomadic tribe. So they live more time in the sea than they do in land to the point where their kids can actually see in the salty water as much as dolphins can see. It's like crazy. And they swim. And their, their babies learn how to swim before they learn how to walk. And so it's in, incredible. And, and one of the things that they notice of the Moken tribe is like hours before the tsunami hit, the Moken tribe, some of them were at the beach, and there was this guy that was documenting them, and he noticed that they all started to cry. And they all started to cry, and they all started, nah, and then they all started to run towards the mountains and stuff hours before. And, and so it was weird, and now we know why. They, they knew they could hear it because they had been so in tune with the sea, because they lived in it, because they swam in it, because that's where they had their life. They were, it's like Acts 17, 28, in him we move, in him we are, in him we have our being. The Mokans knew the ocean. They, they lived in the ocean. They swam in it. That, that was their essence, that hours before, they were already in safety. It didn't shock them because they knew. And we act sometimes like shocked at things that God already knew. But where are we living? Like, where, where are we moving in him? And do we have our being in him? That, that, that was something that we see in, in the book of Acts. And I'm always challenged by the people in the book of Acts because if that is kind of like the pattern that we're supposed to be living by, and what they saw, what they did, and they were all filled with the Spirit. And Acts chapter 13, whenever God spoke over Paul and Barnabas and stuff, they had prepared a way. They had prepared an environment for it. They, they were paying the price. It says right before God spoke audibly, incredible, over Paul and Barnabas, separating them for the work that I had prepared for them. It says that they were ministering unto the Lord. Again, that word waiting, the word waiting, serving. They were putting their attention. In the things of God, they, they were fasting. They were ministering under. They were they were preparing the way. They were paying the price. They were they were, so that whenever the stake was served, they were where they were supposed to be. And, and, and I I hate for this to happen to so many of us that whenever the the stake is served, we end up eating crackers because we haven't paid the price because we're content with being on the plane when there is a better place. There is a better room. Uh, one of my friends, uh, he, he was telling me, he, he goes to this gym. And he goes to the gym, and he, his gym buddies are, are like high-end uh, entrepreneurs and business people and stuff like that. So he was telling me the other day that, you know, that they were working out, and it was fun and intense, and he was like, he was going to get some water, so he was going to go. And one of his buddies was like, no, 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 why, why do you get your water over here? And then he opened up a door. And they noticed, he noticed that there was another room in this gym. And in this room, like, the water was colder, the, like, the air was fresher, like, the muscles were tighter. It's just, everything was just better in this little room. And so he was like, wait, can anyone go into this room? And his friend was like, no, no, you actually have to pay, uh, pay a little extra. And so he was like, how much? And so he gives the price. He's like, is that a year? And he's like, no, that's a month. And he's like, oh, no, no wonder I'm, ne I'm never in this room. And so the guy's like, wait, well, yeah, I mean, it, but it, the, the price is worth it for all the, all the perks and stuff. And I was reminded as I was meditating that there's always a room within a room. 
that, that you can be that you can be in in church, but there's some people that are in the presence of God. That they're that, that, that you could be receiving a message and some people are like checking it off their social quota and some people are changing their lives forever and the direction of their lives is never going to be the same because they're actually here paying the price. And, and the price is not something comfy. Like we mentioned, Paul, right? Like his price wasn't the best price. I mean, he went through jail. He got stones thrown at him. He got kicked out. Like he never knew a boat that actually floated. Like he's a like, you know, that was Paul. Like, Paul, like, never was on the good boat all the time. Right? But, but then two-thirds of the New Testament were written by him, not by, not by the other guys, right? Like, you, you don't hear Apollos having written a book, even though he was the famous one at the moment. And, no, I'm not, I'm not attacking Apollos, right? I mean, because I'm, I'm gonna, we're going to meet him one day, so, hey, shout out to Apollos. <laughs> but the point is, you see even the tension when Paul's writing, and Paul... It has to even justify himself. It's like, I am the call of God. I am the apostle called. Into and he's like, and I know you guys like Apollos because he's strong in faith. He's strong in the word. He's a great orator and speaker and public speaker. And here I am paying the price. I'm writing from jail while Apollos is writing from like the penthouse. And that's fine and everything. But at the end, who God trusted to bring in the stake for today is the one that paid the price. So those that wait upon the Lord. Those that pay the price. That, that, so the question would be, where is your attention going to? Like, because we all have the same attention span. It's just being spent on different things. That when Samuel heard it, to me, it is, it is not just uh, something that happened or it's not just coincidence that whenever Samuel heard the Lord, it was in the moment of quietness, in a moment where he had ministered and now he was lying in bed when there was no more, nothing else to, like, put his mind to work, that he was in a quiet moment, in a quiet place. It, it's incredible to me to think about these things and to notice that God, you know, makes us lie down beside still waters to restore our soul, that there are moments of quietness, that there are moments where you exclude yourself from the noise of society and you exclude yourself from the noise is when Paul excluded himself and started to fast. It is when these people start to pay the price of exclusion in order to wait upon him, uh, of excluding themselves from the day-to-day, -day, what everyone else is doing, what everyone else is watching, whatever. And then people are like, but that's religion. And I, don't, I understand that you could see it as religion, but if, if for you the voice of the Lord, the audible voice of the Lord, the voice of the Spirit, the inner witness is something weird, I think religion is not the problem. I think it's revelation that's the problem. Because the Word of God, that's what it said, that the, there was a lack of revelation. And so that's why the people didn't hear the voice of God. So I wonder what we're doing in today's age, that you read 2 Samuel chapter 6, and we all know it because it's when David danced. And it's when David brought back the Ark of the Covenant. But from the moment where they took the Ark of the Covenant, the presence of God, right, like the very tangible presence of God, to that moment, decades had passed. So there's decades of church that have happened without the presence of God. Where no one, it took David to be like, wait, wait, we need, we're going to church and the ark's not even there. Like, uh, I mean, we could have just church anywhere if, we were not, if we're not going to see the ark. Like, that's why they would go is for the presence of God. And the presence of God was like in the Philistines' house and then it was in Obed Obed Eden's house and everywhere. And what happened to the priest? 
Well, what happened to, to the, the high priests of the time? Where were they? Or what were they doing? Or when they would enter the Holy of Holies, because it's a yearly thing. Every year they go in. What were they doing? Think about that. They were going in, it was like doing what they're doing. And the presence wasn't even there. They were like offering and stuff. How weird is it that people aren't like people can go to church and not go to the presence? Not even recognize that the presence is not even there. And it's not an attack on anyone. I think what it is is a call to action for us that are the Davids of our generation. That we're going to go get the presence of God because that is the tangible difference in our lives. And it is our competitive advantage is that we need the presence of God in order to do church. How, how can we do church for decades and the presence of God be somewhere else? No, we're bringing it back. And, and we're going to have to pay the price for it. And you, and you understand the story of David when he went. And, and, and he didn't really know how. And then, you know, the guy got fried. And, and so he knew he had to take the steps. And then he had to make the sacrifices. And it was slow. And it was a little embarrassing. But again, that is the price for the attention. That there is a price to pay. And I don't mean to extend myself today. Because I think it, the, the, the message is clear. Like, are you willing to pay the price? Yeah, uh, there, there is a grace for it, of course. There is a, but the price to pay is to submit the flesh. Are you willing to submit the flesh and instead of losing yourself and numbing yourself on, on things? And listen, I, I have, I have it all, like Hulu and Netflix and stuff. Like I'm not like, oh, you know, I, I only watch the the Bible series, whatever, the Chosen. <laughs> I only watch the Chosen and I watch it with Hebrew subtitles. Like that's it. <laughs> Because, of course, right? Like, no, no, I mean, I understand, but I've noticed sometimes that I don't hear the voice of the Lord because I'm numbing myself with the things of this world. That I'm just hearing, and, and sometimes we do, we just put that background noise because we want to numb instead of actually confronting and actually going to God and being like, okay, what do you want me to do? Or I need this strength, or, you know, where am I going? You know, what is your will? What is the way? Like, th these are questions that we should be asking. It, when I was a youth pastor back home, well, we were going to do this mission trip to this city called Cucuta. And it's a city known for the narco traffic of the time, and there's paramilitaries and all these things that were happening. And so we were like, we were happy. We we're taking like 50 uh, kids to this place. And so, so in order to go, I was like, we need to prepare ourselves, prepare how to preach in the streets and all these things. So I was like, in our city of Bogota, let's just go to a park and, and let's just practice ministry so we went we, we all we all took the kids and we, I'm like go go evangelize go set this world on fire right like go and so they went and then it, I just felt weird something was wasn't right so one kid comes back it's like John David something happened you know uh, I was praying for this person he had a headache and I prayed for the headache and the headache didn't go away it was actually kind of like hurts more now and so I'm like, oh, okay, ye of little faith, right? Like, it's uh, a little faith. Did you not spit in his face? Like, have you not, have you not read the word? Like, anyway, other kid comes by, like a different kid, literally comes by. If you, if you don't know me, I like to bother. So like, this is, don't take me serious. Just take the word serious. <laughs> uh, but <clears throat> this other kid came by, and, and same thing. It's like, John David, you know, like these people are like attacking us, and you know. We thought this would be, like, simpler or something, you know, the word of God, word of the spirit, all these things. So I'm, like, thinking I'm starting to pray in tongues. I'm, I'm like, 
God, what is it? Like, why, you know, I just, you just feel that there's like this friction. And so then this kid comes, the third kid, and he's like, guys, I think this is what we have to do. You know, uh, Joshua and the Battle of Jericho, they wa- marched around the city, and then they screamed, and then the walls came down. So it's like, we should march around this park and sing, and the walls are going to fall down. So, like, I'm, I'm looking at it, it's like, all right, I'll take care of your bags. You go and march around. Like, I'll see you guys. So they did. So 50 kids, like, marching around the park. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. Like, Please let it work, Father. They did the whole, it wasn't even biblical because they just marched once. So it's like, it was like, and so they, they marched once, and they're like, ah, and then they go out again. And so anyway, like, I called it. I called the night. Like, I threw in the towel. I was like, no, no, let's go back to church because this is, this is bad. Uh, no, like, no one got saved. Like, all those things. I almost lost my salvation. Like, it's like, like it's, so we go back to church. And so I'm like, let, let, I, I'm asking God. I was like, God, what is it? Like, what is it? And, and it was like, you, you haven't paid the price. Like, you, you, you want the results of Jesus without paying the life that Jesus paid. And that he woke up early in the morning and would pray and that he would separate himself and, and that he would, you know, stay at night and prayed so much that the disciples would fall asleep on him. And, like, th- th- there was a price to pay. So, so I told him we're not going to go out of the parks. We've got, like, 30 days. We've got 30 days. Every night we're going to come here we're going to pray. And we're going to pray until someone falls asleep. Like, and then, like, we're going to do this. And so we started to pay the price. And nothing crazy happened. Nothing weird happened. It's interesting to me. That, like, great outbursts of the Spirit, people think happen because of one thing, but it happens because of consistency of things. That, that there, the, uh, uh, my, my friend had a vision once where uh, he was, there was this big dam, and, and he was just uh, had, like, a chisel and a hammer and was just knocking, 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 and he'd water would come out, and he'd keep going at it until finally, like, it opened. And, and what God told him is, like, what you were doing never changed. You were just consistent at it. And sometimes we think, sometimes we think, you know, the, the great outpouring of the Spirit comes from one thing. But, no, it comes from being consistent in what God has already called us to do to the point where we finally feel. And if it hasn't happened, we keep going. We keep being obedient. Faithfulness, right? We talked about it. So we're praying, and then we finally go. And nothing really crazy has happened, but we, we've, we've just been, like, filled with Him and just permeated in His presence. and. It, it just feels different. So we go to Cucuta, and the first day, we're at this place that we didn't know at the time was known as the place where people would dump the, the dead bodies that had been shot. And so, and they had covered it, and we were there. And so it was like 50 kids, and we're about to minister to the city. There was like a 1,000 people that came that moment. Just it, it came everywhere, ministering and stuff. And then this guy comes with his, uh, with his motorcycle. He comes in, and there's another guy behind him. And in Cucuta specifically, back in that, that year, uh, it wasn't allowed to have two people on the motorcycle because the only people that had two people on the motorcycle were, like, the narcos because they had guns and they were going to shoot you. And, and so they come in, so I see him. So I go, and I'm like, hey, you know, what's up? And they're like, you guys didn't ask for permission to be in this place. Like, you, you should have called the head guy first. Like, you, you guys have, like, 10 minutes to leave before something happens. And so I'm like, okay, so I'm about to leave. I'm like, okay, you don't have to shoot me or anything. No weapon formed against me, no possible. <laughs> As we're walking. And then while I'm getting ready to tell everyone, like, guys, we got to leave. Something happened. A little kid. His name's Franquito. And I swear he's going to be the president of Colombia one day. Uh, but just little kid goes up to him. 
And he's like, hey, is there anything wrong? And so I'm like, I, I, I don't know what they're saying. He, told, he tells me this later. I'm just seeing this little kid, like four-foot kid, talking to this guy with guns that, like, they don't care to shoot anyone. Like, it's been, it's been done before. This kid's talking to him. I see him. And then they, they, they leave. So I go, I'm like, Franquito, what, happened? what did you say? He's like, well, no, we were just talking. I was, like, asking him what he was doing. And all of a sudden, I just fell in my spirit to tell him to bring his kids. And he didn't know I knew he had kids. And I was like, yeah, bring him, and then we'll pray for healing too. I'm like, you promised what? Like, like, Franquito, like, like I'm responsible for your life right now. Like, don't be doing these things. But he was so full. Like, he, 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 we had paid the price. Like, he, he was eating the steak at the moment. Guy brought back. He brought back his friends. He brought back his family. He didn't know what was going to happen, but he brought the kids. So I'm like, Franquito, you did this. So you're like, you finished this. But uh, uh, didn't care. Like, I, I love, you know, that, that, that faith. That faith. He just knew. It was done. He was like, oh, wait, I'm just, I've been expecting this. It's like, it's why we pray. He goes up, lays hands on the kid, healing, supernatural. The guy with the gun couldn't believe it. They leave again to bring in more people. They become our ushers for the moment. And, 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 and like, they become our ushers, our security. Like, there, it's, it's. It's amazing, and we're like, revival is it being, you know, happening here. But, but the price was, was our attention. The, the, the price was paid a, a long time before that. It, it wasn't just, you know, we're blessed and highly favored because we are. But it's, it's paying the price. It, it's, it's doing what David did. He knew, like, in order to bring this, there's going to be sacrifice that's going to happen. That, that I'm going to even have to, you know, less of me, more of God. And, and I could even get more vile than this, right? It was what David said. I believe in today's day and age, in today's church world, in our life in general, that there is a price to pay for your attention. That there is a price to pay for, for the voice of God to be heard, audible in your life. That, that you spend more time in his presence, just like the Mokans spend time in the ocean, and it becomes natural to them. That maybe, maybe that doesn't change. Maybe... Maybe the conversation is still, you know, people are shocked that you get to hear from God. But let that be your testimony, that you still do. That even though no one else does, we hear the voice of God. We are being led by God. That God can do mighty things in us because just like Joshua said, you know, consecrate yourselves for tomorrow you will do exploits. There's a consecration before the exploits, right? There's a price to pay. There there is a moment where we make the decision just like Samuel did to wait on the Lord, to, to be that waiter, to, to spend time with God. Thank you for listening to the Greater Than Podcast. To find out more, visit our website at merleministries.com.